0: Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada.
1: Today on Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we discuss the latest in audio codec technology for live broadcasts and studio-to-transmitter links and studio-to-studio links. And to do that, we bring in the technical sales associate from Tylein, the codec company, Jacob Daniluk. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you,
0: Dave, and thank you to your listeners for tuning in this week. Uh, It's a pleasure joining you guys.
1: Thank you for coming on. Now, we talked with uh, Vice President of Sales Charlie Gowley out of Australia last year about this time. And our discussion was on a new Tyline product called the Gateway. And now Tyline has the Gateway Four. So, if you could touch on the gateway for us a bit, and then let's move to the gateway for what makes that different, and maybe who and what type of applications that's designed for, as opposed to the gateway.
0: Okay, yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, Let's start with uh, just a recap from what Charlie was saying about the gateway. To put it simply, it's a powerful DSP codec that's a dedicated designed board, designed in-house by Tyline for the purpose of audio streaming. And that's encoding and decoding data or audio over the internet or in some applications even ISDN. What we're doing with the gateway is essentially throwing in a bunch of different audio encoders and decoders and channels to have multiple streams. So we can do multiple remotes, multiple studio-to-transmitter links, multiple studio-to-studio links, and even syndication of single program content or multiple program contents with the gateway that's the idea with it the gateway for the reason why uh, we decided to develop a gateway with fewer channels than eight channels or 16 channels with the big sister gateway was that uh, we wanted to be able to appeal or have the gateway appeal to all market sizes so for the medium and large markets they may need 8 or 16 channels But for a smaller cluster station or for uh, somebody who needs a gateway for a tower site, you may not necessarily need 8 mono feeds or 4 stereo or 16 monos or 8 stereos. You might need something a bit in terms of lesser channel density. So that's where the Gateway 4 comes in with 4 mono feeds or 2 stereo feeds, and that's in and out. And you can still get all the same hardware redundancies, and audio capabilities that the other gateway offered as well. So AES-67, WheatNet IP, analog, or AES-3 audio of your uh, picking.
1: Okay, so it basically does the same thing, just less amount of channels,
0: correct? In essence, yeah. The, the, that's what it uh, is. the gist of it with the Gateway 4 is it's the same as the Gateway 8 or the Gateway 16, just lesser channels. Now, there is one big key difference between the two types of gateways, the Gateway 4 and the Gateway 8, or the Gateway 16 is how we refer to them. With the Gateway 4, that is a hardware-locked codec, meaning you get four mono inputs or two stereo inputs and outputs, of course.
1: So say I'm a cluster somewhere, I've got four or five stations, and that's pretty much it. I'm not in a multiple markets. Tell me all the different applications that uh, the Gateway 4 can provide for me and what I can do.
0: Yeah, so the Gateway 4 is a fantastic codec for contribution. So if you need to receive multiple remote uh, events, and you're not doing maybe a lot of remotes, but you're doing some, the Gateway 4 might be a perfect fit for your station. Or if you need a few STL links, well, the Gateway 4 at the studio can handle the syndication or the program content going out to your tower then the tower gateway can receive it and still have that full redundancy that the gateway offers and probably one of my favorite application approaches with it and i've seen this quite a bit actually out in the field lately is the use of just taking the gateway 4 and installing it in an ob van so then that way you have a permanent remote codec pre-installed in your uh, station studio van and now when our, wherever that van goes, it has a codec ready to connect with all of the audio equipment in that van back to the studio. So there's a lot of different applications for it, whether you need it for contribution, studio-to-transmitters, studio-to-studio links, or remotes even. So the, there's a lot of different applications for it, but those are some of the key ones that a lot of our customers have been focusing on lately.
1: Jacob Daniluk with us, technical sales associate with TIELINE. Let's talk about how it interfaces with earlier uh, TI-line products?
0: Excellent question, and I get asked this all the time because technology is changing and stations want to know, is, my, is the older equipment I invested in 10, 15 years ago or even five years ago, is it still relevant? And it is with TieLine. That's one of the things that I've learned to love about TieLine out of my 10-plus years here is that uh, our engineering team and our management here, they care about our customers to the point where you invest in a Tyline 20 years ago, a TIE Line Commander G3, that is still going to work with the TIE Line Gateway. You may not get all the new capabilities that the Gateway can offer, but that bare basic audio streaming that you liked and used On that older equipment, that will still function with our current stuff. And then the other big benefit, and I believe Charlie even touched on this with you as well, is our codecs aren't just designed to connect with other TIE-LINE equipment. Of course, you'll get the best support and the best redundancy and the best quality going TIE-LINE to TIE-LINE. But if your station has already invested in, let's say, another Kodak, well, TIE-LINE offers the EBU 3326 Um, standard and that is an interoperability standard to allow two different codec manufacturers to connect and the gateway is full of SIP connectivity options so you can have multiple tie lines and multiple other codecs connected to our studio equipment at once
1: all right jacob what else is essential to point out regarding this new technology with the gateway four
0: Well, the most important thing to note is our audio interfacing. We have taken the time with the Gateway to implement an AOIP interface, not just one, but two for redundancy using like AES-67 and SMPTE-2110-30 as an example. So we've added this AOIP interface to allow stations of all types, whether or not you have a studio that was designed 30 plus years ago, still running analog, or if you have a more modern studio, maybe with running AES-3. Or if you just built the studio last year and you now are running AOIP. The gateway will work in your environment. And that's the most important takeaway, in, in my opinion. If you're running AES-67 or SMPTE networks or Wheatnet IP networks even. And I know that's stuff Charlie's touched on, but some new things that we've done since last year... We've added like Ravenna support in our AOIP. We've added Ember Plus, another protocol, to our AOIP support. And then we even added NMOS support to allow help on the registration and control aspect for AOIP networks. So the biggest, one of the biggest features to take away with the gateway is not just that it's an audio codec with multiple channels for encoding and decoding audio, but it can integrate into your studio of today or of yesterday and also the studio of tomorrow it's future-proofed and that's one of the biggest things about the
1: gateway jacob daniluk technical sales associate for tie the codec company jacob thank you for joining us on broadcast dialogue the podcast today
0: thank you dave so much for having us and thank you to the broadcast dialogue listeners for tuning in this week